What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So spring training is rounding up. It's going to be finished soon. That's a good thing because it means regular season is here. But we have some position battles to discuss. That is what spring training always features. There's always going to be some interesting position battle going on. I think the biggest one this year is happening at Yankees camp. So they have a position battle at shortstop right now. It's an ongoing debate as to who their starting shortstop should be this upcoming season. It's a battle between their number one prospect, Anthony Volpe, and their number three prospect, Oswald Peraza. And at this point, the favor is tilting towards Anthony Volpe. He's just outplayed Peraza, quite frankly. He really has. Volpe hit his third home run of the spring on Friday. He's trying to become the first rookie since Aaron Judge to appear in the Yankees opening day lineup. And yeah, he's very much in the mix to head north. Judge appeared in the opening day lineup in 2017, but remember, that was not Judge's big league debut. He had played some at the end of the 2016 season, so he ended up retaining his rookie eligibility for 2017. But let's take a look, you know, at what's actually going on. So it's been a battle between Volperaza and their incumbent shortstop, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Those are the three guys who are looking at getting shortstop reps for the New York Yankees. And Volpe has just provided a big glimpse into what Yankees fans can expect. They know he's the shortstop of the future, but I didn't think people would realize he would be ready to break camp with them this soon. But he was facing Minnesota's opening day starter just the other day. Volpe's 21, by the way. And so he struck out swinging in a five-pitch at-bat in the first inning. And then it was an 84-mile-an-hour sweeper, by the way, breaking ball. Lopez tried the same pitch in the third inning. Volpe made the adjustment, and then he hit a home run over the center field wall. That's the kind of adjustment big league hitters need to make. That's what you want to see from your number one prospect. So Volpe has not appeared overmatched by big league competition at all. Like I just mentioned, being able to make that adjustment to hit a homer on the exact same type of pitch that he had fanned on in a previous at-bat, that's a big step forward. So he's already a very smart player, and the Yankees like what they see about him. So what might hold him back? I mean, he's not on the 40-man roster right now, but the Yankees are going to have room by transferring some players like Frankie Montes and Luis Gill to the 60-day injured list. And the only thing that might hold him back is Volpe has not played that much at the AAA level. He only played 22 games at AAA, even though, you know, that's not really a big deal. That shouldn't hold him back whatsoever. But, you know, if someone wanted to nitpick, they'd be like, ah, we can give him some more time at AAA. But he, he just really hasn't. He, he, he doesn't really need it. Some people just don't need AAA. So the Yankees leave Florida on Monday with a 26-man roster. And, you know, yeah, that's going to be their time to head back up north for a couple final tune-up games before the actual season starts. So keep an eye on that. It's, you know, so the other guy, Oswald Peraza, has played in the big leagues a little bit. You know, we saw him in the majors last year. He hasn't hit as well with the bat. You know, he, he hasn't hit as well as Anthony Volpe has this spring. So I think we know what direction the Yankees are leaning, but let's just wait a few more days for confirmation. The other rookie who was making a big splash in spring training is at Cardinals camp. 
So the St. Louis Cardinals, Jordan Walker, is making a very strong case to break camp with the big league club. So he's MLB Pipeline's number four overall prospect in baseball. And this dude has been banging on the door to make the Cardinals opening day roster. And with him, it's it's really just a, a big bat, a big time bat. And you know that's that's what you're getting with Jordan Walker. Only 20 years old. Drafted out of high school, and you're seeing you're seeing the reason why this guy was a first rounder. So, six foot five, two hundred twenty pound frame. You know, it's a big guy, and he's an infielder. So the Cardinals have a very strong infield already. They're probably going to have to get creative as to you know where they're going to deploy Jordan Walker. Yes, you do have that DA, so you can move other guys. But of course, Arenado is firmly entrenched at third base. And Goldschmidt at first. So perhaps you could see some outfield time for the rookie, Jordan Walker, and you know, but they're gonna find space for him. Anyway, they're gonna find space for him. Probably just an outfield spot to get his bat in the lineup. But I mean, early in spring training he had the ground running. I mean, before a mild shoulder injury that kept him sideline for a few days, he was leading the Grapefruit League in hits, batting average, OPS, extra base hits, all that. And some people are comparing him to Fernando Tatis. That is what Marlins manager Skip Schumacher said. He said, uh, you know, Tatis was the most exciting prospect in San Diego. Then I saw Jordan Walker, and that's pretty dang close to it. So that's big-time praise. Big-time praise for him. And he's shown that he's a hitter. You can hit the ball you know, all over the field. And at the minor league level, so 2022, he was at double-A Springfield. He hit at least 300 every month except one while mixing in 19 homers, 22 steals, and 100 runs. So it's just a bat. That is what you're getting with Jordan Walker. A big bat that looks bigly ready because he's been punishing spring training pitching. Absolutely punishing it. So right now he's he's hitting for an 831 OPS across 61 at-bats in spring training. So let's keep an eye on that and see if he makes the big league club. In other news, a player who was told he's not making the big league club was Keston Hira of the Brewers. So the Brewers told him he's not going to be making the roster. He's an infielder. So since he's out of minor league options, Milwaukee has to either trade him or place him on waivers in the next few days. And so this is going to be a tough call for the Milwaukee front office because he was someone, obviously, ninth overall pick in 2017 draft. They spent a lot of draft capital on him. Of course, you have the sunk cost fallacy. I mean, it's been... It's been uh, you know almost six years at this point, but he entered pro ball as one of the game's top offensive prospects, and he absolutely flew through the minor leagues and was in the majors within two seasons. And he hit the ground running, hit 19 home runs with a 303 average in 84 games as a rookie in, at age 22. So it was really good. It came with a pretty concerning 30% strikeout rate, but unfortunately for both the Brewers and Hira, that's just not like, like things just have fallen off since then. You know, people thought that he would make strides from a contact perspective as he gained more experience against big league arms, but the strikeout rates just, you know, continue to stay high and it just hasn't, uh, you know, improved. Now he's looking at strikeout rates near 40% oftentimes. So that's just not going to get the job done. And if you look at 2022, he got into 80 big league games and hit 14 homers. But like I said, striking out a lot, 41.7% of the time. That's the second highest rate among all hitters with, you know, 200 plus plate appearances. So 
not great. Also off to a rough start in the spring where he struck out 15 of 32 at-bats. So unlike prior years, this year the Brewers just didn't have the luxury of sending him to AAA to figure things out. So because he didn't have any remaining options, they had to determine whether it was worth carrying him in a bench roll. And, you know, they, they just decided to part ways with him. So this means that Luke Voigt has a pretty decent chance of cracking the Brewers roster. Although the Brewers haven't confirmed whether or not he's going to make a team. But yeah, still have a few days to figure things out. As for Kesson Hira, you know, there is another team like the Phillies that just lost Reese Hoskins. Kesson Hira might be someone they look at because he's a righty bat to supplement their first base mix. I mean, Dave Dombrowski already said with the Phillies that Derek Hall will be the first baseman, but Kesson here's another bat that they could bring as a bench piece or a backup for first base. It all depends on what the rest of the roster looks like, but Philly could use some depth at this, depth at this point in time. And in other news, the Cardinals have signed Miles Michaelis to a two-year extension. It's two years, $40 million guaranteed. So they're locking up one of their starters beyond this season. It does come with some potential awards bonuses, but, you know, this year, Michaelis had been set to be in the final year before your extension. He signed back in 2019. So the new deal tax up on some money up front. So that's you know good for him. He's 34, coming off one of his finest seasons where he logged a career high 202 and a third innings with a 3.29 ERA. What a fine season for Miles Michaelis. So he's being rewarded for that. Being rewarded for those good numbers. And durability, so they're going to pay him a nice bag here. So shout out to Miles Michaelis. This will cover his ages 35 and 36 season. So he'll have the opportunity to return the market in advance of his 37 season. But of course, at that point, you're kind of getting up there. So it's good that he's getting this money right now and the security as he tries to run it back with the Cardinals. So he's still a very effective and stellar pitcher. So. That is what we have for today. Those are our updates. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.